0: Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information, brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com.
1: Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Pete and Well Lakes Association, castlerock-peytonwell.com, and by Huntworth Gear high-tech camelware at a price you can afford huntworthgear.com i'm dan small today we'll get a lake michigan update from dumper dan welsh of sheboygan minnesota fly fisherman eddie Rivard reports on his backpack trout fishing trip in wyoming and mangy dog video host joey hartley talks about hunting coyotes with decoy dogs all that and more straight ahead on outdoors radio so stay right there Well, it's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They are located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. And if you look for those two giant arrows on the south side of Highway 14, you can't miss it. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com. This feature airs every week at this time on WTSO, the Big Ten seventy, and it's also on our podcast 24-7, 365 on LakeLink Link, iHeart Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. Thanks for joining us, J.C. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Well, two weeks ago we said, wow, bow season is a couple months away. It's getting closer every day. What should we be doing now?
2: If you haven't got the bows
3: out or the crossbows out, you know, now's a great time to get them out. And, you know, even if you only shoot a few arrows to it, just to make sure everything's still doing pretty well. And that way, if you do need any work, still plenty of time to get it done if parts aren't available, stuff like that. But definitely getting out and shooting those bows and... That would be probably my number one thing that I would say needs to get done at this time.
1: Okay. Well, taking a compound first, what should you be looking for if you haven't shot your bow since last uh, late bow season, say?
3: Big things would be, you know, string condition. Is it fuzzy? Is it not? You know, like serving material, is that separated? Is the peep turning properly? That sort of thing. If you do shoot a peep with a rubber tube connected to it, regardless, I would recommend replacing that every year. You know, little things like that, they can add up in a hurry and definitely cause you some issues down the road.
1: And you definitely don't want that tube to break and snap you in the eye.
3: Correct. And even if it did break and you put it back on, the boat will not hit in the same place. So there's a lot of other incentives there as well. And most likely without the tube on there, they probably won't rotate for you either.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So a lot to look at with the compound. How about a crossbow?
3: Crossbow would be, you know, some of the same things. Um, honestly, string condition, whether it be, you know, that string being fuzzy, meaning the fibers are breaking, or um, serving separation, um, those two things would be huge. Usually if you're getting serving separation on the crossbow, then it's most likely time to, to get that switched out and, and taken care of.
1: How about limbs?
3: Uh, with the limbs, it's still not a bad idea to, you know, take a Q-tip or a cotton ball, kind of run it around the limb there on the inside. Um, and on the corners just to make sure that there are no little splinters or anything in it. That would be the safest way to do it. (laughs) You can use your finger, but uh, you might get something stuck in it if something is wrong.
1: Uh And if you find a splinter, what does that indicate?
3: uh, That means that it needs to get in and get looked at for sure. Uh So it could be stress in the limbs. A lot of times you know, it might be very minor cracks, but even if there's anything at all inside the limb, then it definitely needs to get taken care of.
1: Okay, and that might mean replacing limbs?
3: Most of the time, I would say probably 95% of the time, it's going to mean that they're going to need to be replaced.
1: Like
2: Uh
3: once in a while, you'll get a little sliver on a corner, on an edge. Yeah. um, That just got bumped against something, and it'll peel a little. Those usually aren't as big a deal. Um, But anything, if you're looking at like the flattest, widest portion of those limbs, anything inside of that means that it's compromised
1: how can that happen what causes those splinters
3: honestly just the stress of being strong and shot most often uh we see it when you know crossbows are left for extra long periods of time cocked all that extra stress on them eventually it's just something's got to give and that's (laughs) it's stringer limbs
4: usually so
1: yeah okay well and you replaced a string on my crossbow several years ago after i had shot it a lot more than i normally would i think i was practicing for a tv shoot and i wanted to make sure i could hit the targets and uh i had a little fuzz on that string and i think there was some separation uh, so it didn't take a lot of shots i'm going to put 100 shots through it uh, that is a lot though with a crossbow isn't it yeah
3: that's- You know, that's starting to get up there a little bit. I mean, there'll be some crossbows, again, depending on how much um, tension and design of it. Some can go quite a bit longer than that, but usually that serving separation, especially if it's center serving, um, a lot of times you'll actually get wear on the string underneath the serving that you can't really see, and that's what really causes the problem. Most of the time, if you get a little bit of fuzz on the side, it's not huge, but when you start getting Quite a bit when the whole string kind of looks super fuzzy, um, then it it means that those little fibers are breaking and it's it's time to get it replaced.
1: Can rail lube help avoid that?
3: Anything that does have a string that runs on the rail, definitely lubing it. You know, every 10 shots for sure, maybe even a little bit more in between, depending on you know if you shot it one or two shots on Monday and you get it out on Friday. might have dried out by then but if you're shooting it consistently probably about every 10 shots will help break that friction on that serving and really lengthen the life of that out
1: yeah and that's a lot cheaper than a string or new limbs
3: absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah i think that was the issue with mine it's been several years now but i i know i wasn't lubing the rail that often and uh, sure enough they it, it showed up Well, people will be getting their gear in order, but there's other things that we can do now, too. How about food plots? Is there still time to plant a fall food plot?
3: Oh, we still have plenty of time. I mean, honestly, from now through, I would say, about the middle of August would be the best time for getting in those late-season plots, so your brassicas, you know, even some radish mixes and that kind of thing. Guys will even put that in up to September 1st. I usually like to be about mid-August, just to get a little bit of extra tonnage out of it, but still plenty of time to do that. If you're looking at putting in the wheat plots and things like that, you're probably going to want to wait closer to that 1st of September, um, last week of August. Otherwise, a lot of times it'll get too big, and they might not like it quite as much, not as tender for
1: them. Uh Plenty of time there. Yeah, and it's harder to see a deer in tall uh, tall grass as well.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be too, probably quite that tall unless they were laying down but you know once it gets up over eight to ten inches with wheat oh. anyway they they tend to back off it a little bit
1: okay so. all right yeah we're not worried about it growing to two feet or two and a half feet or something like that
3: no just getting it up enough so you get good tonnage and keep it nice and tender and most you know appealing to them
1: so. all right well how about water holes
3: Uh, Water holes, still plenty of time there. Um, Usually I like to try to get those in earlier in the year if possible, just to kind of get them accustomed to them, but this year, it depends on the spots, we've still been pretty dry for the most part, Uh, but a few spots have still been getting enough rain. Uh, We checked our water holes the other day and actually were very pleasantly surprised that they were pretty well full, didn't take a whole lot of of fill in there. definitely still plenty of time to do that as well
5: okay
1: and how about scouting it's not too early is it
3: no actually this is one of my favorite times to get out especially nights you know throw the family in the truck go out and get ice cream and ride around and kind of see what you see (laughs) it's a great time there most of the deer are going to be probably close to three quarters of the way filled out and they're still bachelored up so usually if you see one you know one buck you're going to find a bunch of them so it's it's a pretty fun time to be out looking and, and scouting.
1: Yeah, and ice cream is a key element there, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, <laughs> especially with my daughter.
1: Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, before we let you go, the hours of the store now?
3: Uh, we're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 5.
1: All righty. Well, we'll talk to you again in two weeks and uh, see how things are coming along.
3: Yeah, look forward to it. Hopefully we'll have some more stories of some big bucks running around.
1: I hope so. All right, J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Outdoors Report, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer on Highway 14 just west of Arena and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Castle Rock
6: and Pettenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Neceda National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-pettenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association.
1: If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com and all 11 offices of Huppie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me once again from home this week in Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you had another high school fishing championship this week, right?
6: Yep, yeah, Lake St. Clair uh, in uh, just north of Detroit. So We were in the Harrison Township area, which is a northern suburb of the Detroit area, and... uh we're on Lake St. Clair in the Metro Park. It was uh it was a neat place to be. Really great setup for a tournament. Uh they, they got a, a beautiful place up there with uh you know a real nice park setting, places to fish from shore, handicap handicap accessible, uh big water slide and pool and beach. And it's really
1: neat. Cool. And this was the Michigan State High School Championship.
6: That's right. This is the Michigan High School State Championship, and um, we had 21 teams from all across the state of Michigan uh, competing for their five best uh, bass. And we had a pretty good m- mixed bag of fish. We had both largemouth and smallmouth, but we all knew going in it was going to be the smallmouth out of Lake St. Clair that we're going to uh, win this event, and it surely did. Mm. The first-place team Weighed five smallmouth for twenty-seven pounds thirteen
1: ounces, and crushed second place by six pounds. <laughs> wow! You know, I've been following the Bassmaster Elite um, uh, event in Upstate New York on the St. Lawrence mm-hmm. in the in Lake Ontario, and yeah, that, Gage that yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on next week's show. He's uh, in ICAST this week, but. That twenty-seven pounds would have been right in there because he did a hundred pounds in four yeah. days, and yeah. there were only a couple people who had bags of uh, five bass of over twenty pounds or twenty-five pounds. So, wow! And how did they yeah. do it?
6: Well, so they uh, they they live about two hours away. This team, um, and so they do come over and fish the Lake St. Clair on a regular basis. There's structure. There's so much stuff in Lake St. Clair to fish uh, offshore, and uh, so they found some uh, some reef type structure, rock type structure that they were they were pitching uh, uh, like Ned rigs yep. too, which is uh, kind of a cut off little worm that's uh, on a stand up hook or uh, stand up jig, and uh, real simple, easy to do. I wouldn't call it finesse. I'm sure you you really could be finesse, but they were, they were pretty aggressive with it, and uh, they found those fish the first day they came to pre-fish, and uh, that ended up being their number one spot they went to. They had their fish pretty early in the morning, and uh, they were able to upgrade throughout the day. It was really cool to hear the story and to see just a dominating weight. That, Dan, is the heaviest bag of bass I have ever personally weighed at a tournament.
1: Well, it's got to be probably in the top five or ten ever. Uh, and who were the winners again?
6: So uh Jake Han- or Jack Hamlin or Jack Swihart and Rylan Hamlin uh they're from the Jackson area in uh Jackson uh, Michigan.
1: Oh, a lot of Jackson there. So, okay. <laughs> well, fantastic and your family camping trip to Mirror Lake wound up okay, I trust? And- yeah,
6: yeah, everything was great. We had a great time. We went uh did a bunch of stuff in the dells and uh we uh um, we really enjoyed Mirror Lake. I don't know how they did it, but they got rid of most of all the mosquitoes there. So um, <laughs> I don't think it was something they planned, but really it was pretty mosquito-free. We never even applied uh, mosquito repellent the whole time. Wow. Uh, but we enjoyed the beach. We enjoyed some kayaking. Uh, it was really great. I, I highly recommend Mirror Lake uh, for any family trip.
1: Fantastic. Well, we've had just a few mosquitoes here, but we're not in mosquito country uh beginning to see deer flies but even those are in short supply which is fine with me uh mm-hmm. but speaking of insects you've been catching wild honeybees
6: yeah wild bees uh we've caught our second swarm in a week uh, the wild bees uh they swarm uh to increase their population the the queen in the former colony will leave that colony with half the bees and uh the it goes from one to two families of bees basically and so we're capturing that swarm that leaves the original hive uh, a lot of times those those uh swarms don't really find a great place to to live they find a you know temporary home uh maybe they you know shack up in your garage or storage building yeah. not not great places so i'm i'm uh, capturing them and bringing them to a controlled environment and hopefully they'll uh, be able to live and thrive in, in my apiary.
1: I hope so. Well, folks, if you want to see how Jeff does it, uh, go to his Facebook page because he's got quite the uh, the setup with the little uh, box that they go to when they're when they're looking for a home. So, that's
2: Yeah,
6: and I'm going to I'm going to film the process of picking up that swarm here uh to uh this week. So, We'll be. Uh, I'll be posting that at some point soon, too.
1: Cool. Well, we've still been finding lots of golden oyster mushrooms every time it rains, and we've been getting about an inch a week. And uh, between me and Ozzy, we have been just, I don't know how many pounds we found, because we dry them and then we put them in jars, and then i got to remember to use them all winter because we've got some from past years yet. Uh, it's been a fantastic mushroom year.
6: And you it know, Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, sounds- yeah.
1: Well, you know, last week I mentioned Pat Durkin's blog post that calls out two Wisconsin congressmen, Grothman and Tiffany, who co-signed that bill that would abolish the Pittman-Robertson Federal Aid and Wildlife Restoration Act and also harm the Dingle-Johnson Sport Fish Restoration Act. And uh, if those folks are your congressmen, let them know you think their support of this legislation is a bad idea. And if you want to know what it's about, read Pat Durkin's entire article on this topic at PatrickDurkinOutdoors.com. And it's also in the latest issue of Wisconsin Outdoor News. And I'll touch on this topic and several others next Saturday when I talk to the Wisconsin chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous at Horican Marsh Bowman. That's Saturday the 30th. And you can find out more about that event at backcountryhunters.org. Well, coming up, Joey Hartley tells us how he hunts coyotes with decoy dogs. It's really fascinating. Eddie Rivard takes us backpacking in Wyoming's Wind River Range to fish for golden trout. And we'll kick things off, as we often do, with Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welsh, who provides an update on Lake Michigan trout and salmon action off Sheboygan. All that and more. Straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms makes and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Here's a message
6: from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small. We have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at
1: remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Tappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com.
0: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Joining us on Outdoors Radio, I'm Dan Small. It's time now for another update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area, sponsored by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at dumperdan.com. He's also got a Facebook page, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. And remember, you can listen to this conversation along with some video and photo support every time we post one, every other week at least, on his Facebook page. Also sponsored this week by Parker John's Barbecue and Pizza in Sheboygan and on the web at parkerjohns.com. And joining us now from the water, he's actually out in his one of his boats today, is Captain Dumper Dan Welch. Well, Dan, um, how's the fishing today?
7: Not too bad, Dan. Uh, we're out here. It's during the week. Just came off a busy weekend of boat traffic here out of the port of Sheboygan. So the bite this morning started out a little slow for all of my boats. All six of my charter boats are out. I'm out with my buddy Bleeker on the Ravallo and uh, we're looking for some salmon here closer to shore. Uh, but like I said, it was the end of the Samarama tournament that's out of Racine. That ended yesterday. Um, there's a lot of other tournaments going on. So it was an action-packed week in the boat traffic out of the Port of Sheboygan, Dan. There was hundreds of boats out. and. Kind Of made the bite slow here during the week, the beginning of part of the week, just because of that. But I think it'll bounce back. We're marking a lot of fish, and my boats are catching fish, just got to get back to settling it down here, the pressure, and get these uh fish back in the uh the feed mode.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, how far offshore are you now?
7: Well, right now I'm in 100 feet of water straight out of Sheboygan. Uh, we've been targeting kings there anywhere from 80 foot out to about 120. Early morning bites been good for the Kings, but midday they've been kind of shutting off, especially with all the boat pressure I just mentioned. So we fished that early and late, 80 to 120, straight out north and south of town. As you go north, you get a little more structure. You get rock structure. You mark a little more bait fish in that rock structure north of town. If you go south, you get sand bottom. Over there, it's more flat, but there are fish over that way too south of the power plant. Target that early and late for the King bite, and then when that slows down with good depth, lately the last few days have been 180 eighty foot's been very good. In fact, that's where Bleeker and I popped a couple of our fish. We got a coho in and a king in and missed a couple, but that 180 has been pretty good straight out of Sheboygan, working east and west for both coho, steelhead, rainbow, king, occasional lake trout.
1: Okay. Is the water warmer now? It's got to be.
7: Yeah, since we talked last, uh, Dan, it's a good question. It's it's warmed up now. Um, on the surface, we've got about 65 degrees you know about normal i would say for this time of year finally warmed up i mean you you and i talked a lot this spring and summer and it's been cold out here so nice to get a little bit of warm water but we do have our probe down our fishhawk probe down 50 feet and that gives us speed and temp where we start catching them down 40 50 60 feet and down there i'm just looking at the probe indicator now on the fishhawk and it's 57.8 degrees at that level now if i drop it down to about 80 to 100 it's going to be about 52 so it does cool off pretty quick as you as you suspend down deeper for these fish with your equipment
1: now you get trolling speed and temperature how important is trolling speed when you're out there after trout and salmon
7: it's very important Dan very very important and this lake I mean I've been fishing it for 40 years now a little over 40 years and there's more current out here now than there ever has been and why I'm not quite sure but I mean, wind changes, you know, tremendously from day to day, you know, from north to south, east to west, so that creates current. But, for instance, like just before, like we made our west pass and our our surface speed was 3.1 to 3.2, but down where the fish are, it was 2.3 to 2.4, so almost a mile an hour difference from surface down to 60 feet. And you want to concentrate on having the right speed down where your tackle is where you're fishing, so... You got to watch that. I know, going east this morning, we were crawling. We were doing like one six, one seven, one eight. You know, but our tackle was doing perfect. You know, two four, two five, two six. Keep an eye on the current, the speed. Fish hawks are a great uh, asset to have for see depth and and speed and temperature of how to target these fish. So definitely watch your trolling speed, not just on the surface, but suspended too. And you're not getting bit, change direction, change speed, make some different angles to try and to get a pattern of some kind of bite going, especially with current of late. There's not always current out here, but lately there has been, so you got to keep an eye on that.
1: Seeing any dead alewives these days? Uh, has that die-off continued, or what's going on?
7: not as much as what we were previously. Um, A lot of them are gone now. We don't see as much of that on the surface as we did. There are some, yeah, you see some, but not like there was. And that's normal because the die-offs usually, you know, spring into early summer and then you don't see much more of that anymore. But we are marking pods of baitfish on our graph and they're down, you know, 50 to 100 foot down, you know, right where that cooler water kind of starts. So they're, they're down there. Fish have been plump full of them, and we've been catching a good variety of fish. Now, just the other day, we had a 29-pound king come in. That was our longest king of the year. It was 40 inches. The guy did mount at our customer. But last week, as you see on our Facebook page, we caught a 31.86-pound king. We had a 30.5. We had a 27, a 26, and a 25. So we are catching some bigger kings here in July. So definitely get out here you know, July and August with us or on your own boat and try and target some of these bigger fish because there's some nice ones around.
1: So you've got some openings for this summer yet?
7: I do. I have a, a very little bit open here to last week of July, but I have a more open in August and September. But get out here in September. Give me a call. Quickest, easiest way, skip the email and just go right to me, 920-377-1147. I can answer your questions and, and look at dates instantly with you. I answer the phone every day, all day here first. So just get a hold of me, DumperDan920. Three seven seven one one four seven. Jump on our Facebook page. We post pictures every day or dumperdan.com on the internet to check out our pricing. High in demand the last couple of years um, has been our condos for lodging packages. I have a half a dozen riverfront condos, so we can put a package together fishing and lodging for you uh, if you do want to stay overnight. If you just want to fish for a day, we can do that too.
1: Fantastic. Well, before we let you go, Parker Johns is the second sponsor this week, and you can look out your door and see them across the river, can't
7: you? Yeah, and a lot of our customers walk over that way. If they cross Eighth Street Bridge and walk over, you can drive over, what have you. They're on the other side of the river from me. Great place. They have outdoor seating. They do have some entertainment outside uh, on the weekends, uh, Friday and Saturday, Sunday. Outdoor, indoor seating, beautiful place, Parker Johns good for chicken wings, good for pizza, barbecue. They're briskets to die for. It's excellent. Parker Johns is definitely a place to stop when you're in Sheboygan for lunch or supper. They're open for lunch and supper, uh, I believe seven days a week, but definitely check the website before you go there. But you'll see it when we take you out fishing. We always point the place out and people go over there and it's a newly built building and, and very nice. So Parker Johns, Port of Sheboygan, right on the river for lunch or supper.
1: Can you dock there or have you got to drive around or walk around?
7: You can dock there. There's docks there, Dan. Uh, There's some charter boats that park over there, some private boats, and there's some open docks, too. So, yeah, you can pull a boat in there or drive around. A lot of our guys that stay in all our condos on my side of the river just walk over. It's a gorgeous walk on the boardwalk, so it'll take, I don't know, 10 minutes to walk over there. And, yeah, it's very scenic and very nice. So check out Parker John's. Check out our place. Stop in the store anytime. I'm at 676 South Pier Drive uh, right on the river, and let's get you out here.
1: All right. Well, Dan, thanks so much. We'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks and see how the fishing's going on at that time. Sounds good. We'll be here, Dan. Thanks a lot. You bet. Dumper Dan Welsh with the Sheboygan Area Lake Michigan Report. Again, his website, Dumperdan.com, Facebook Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters, and our second sponsor this week. Parker John's barbecue and pizza in Sheboygan. Find them on the web at parkerjohns.com or just a short walk or a shorter swim if you want to jump in from Dan's side of the river. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. All right. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks. You bet. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
0: Listen to more Outdoors Radio online. At DanSmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information: Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Huntworth Gear is high-tech camelware at a price you can afford. You can find it at Mills Fleet Farm and other stores, and online at huntworthgear.com. And joining me now is a Huntworth Pro Staffer. His name is Joey Hartley. He's originally from Indiana, but he lives in Kentucky now, and he hunts coyotes in several states. And the interesting thing about Joey that I think you'll find fascinating is that he hosts a YouTube channel called Mangy Dog TV, Joey, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, and I've watched some of your mangy dog videos on YouTube. For listeners who have not seen your videos, tell us briefly how you hunt coyotes.
7: We do a thing called
4: decoy dogging where, especially in the spring and summer and denning season, the coyotes have pups on the ground, and they're really territorial and protective. So we've got dogs out there, and the coyotes come in. The dogs engage the coyotes, and the coyotes want to run the dog off. The dog's trying to come back to you. You just get a really neat interaction between the dog and the coyote that a lot of people don't get to see unless you hunt with the dogs.
1: Obviously, you've got to set up in an area where you know there are coyotes. I noticed you're using you use an electronic collar.
4: Yeah, we use a couple different calls but really gives you the ability to put out a million different sounds, adjust the volume. You can play the wind off of where you put the call. A lot of those coyotes,
1: You mentioned that breeding and denning season uh, are the best times to hunt them. How about winter? Does it work in winter?
2: Breeding
4: season late winter. they still engaged dogs most of the time, but if you're looking at like your December time frame, you're know, not going to have too many coyotes that are actually wanting to engage and work the dogs hard.
1: Okay, well tell us about your dogs. You have two that I, I see on the videos. a little bit like an Airedale.
4: Yeah, he gets accused of being an Airedale a
1: lot. You say he's bred for decoying coyotes. Is there any serious training involved? So it's like a retriever that will naturally retrieve, uh, a pointer that will point, or a hound that will trail, I suppose, right? You say engage, watching the videos, you call coyotes in to several hundred yards, and then Rip runs out there, and, and then what happens? Do coyotes ever attack a dog? You say they're trying to run your dogs off. So there's this, it almost looks like they're playing tag. The coyote's trying to run him off. The dog runs back at the coyote, then uh, kind of teases him to follow him closer to you. Um, it, it's an interesting interaction. It's not a game, but it certainly looks like a game. In Huntworth Camo, you and your other partners, I think your wife and your son and uh, you said some buddies sometimes hunt with you, but you're sitting out, I would say, in the open. You're uh, obviously against the dark background like a fence line. You're not in a blind or anything, and they don't spot you. The like Huntworth Camo, obviously.
4: Oh, I love it. So one of the price points, you can't beat it. And you're looking at a price point of something that anybody can afford, but you're not sacrificing any quality at all. The patterns are great. The patterns are one of those things where we hunt Kentucky, Idaho, and Kansas, and the patterns will work in all three of those states. You know, so they're extremely versatile.
1: You were shooting a custom rifle you mentioned. Tell us about your rifle. Notice that uh, if you hit a coyote squarely, it goes right down like, like it was sledgehammered.
4: Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't pack it off too often.
1: Now, is this something somebody could do with a varmint rifle of any sort and a dog that was interested in in engaging with coyotes? a little bit about fur prices and fur is not worth much now uh, and certainly in the summer the fur is is not worth much at all is there any market for winter coyote fur?
4: yeah you know there's a little bit of a market for winter coyotes it just depends on how much work you want to do for how much money you know you've got attack.
1: Any advice for somebody who might want to try this? Joey, thanks so much for sharing this exciting sport that you practice. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll send folks to your YouTube channel.
4: All right, I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Joey Hartley, the host of Mangy Dog TV on YouTube. This was brought to you by Huntworth Gear, a high-tech camo wear product at a price you can afford. You can find it at Mills Fleet Farm and other stores and online at huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
6: Castle Rock and Petonwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Neceda National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock petenwellcom or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petonwell Lakes Association.
4: Get outside and let us be your guide Florence County, Wisconsin
5: Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle seven wild river waterfalls to hike to horse trails with campgrounds and friendly bars and restaurants Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining and recreation tabs to plan your trip
1: Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com.
0: Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now is Eddie Rivard. He's from Taylor's Falls, Minnesota, now lives in the Twin Cities, and he's an avid fly fisherman who posts a lot of photos and stories on his Facebook page, and he fishes many of the driftless area streams in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And he and his dad recently spent several days in the Wind River Range in Wyoming, hiking the high country and fishing the lakes and streams there. And he's going to tell us what that trip was like. Eddie, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network.
2: Thank you. good to be here.
1: Judging from your Facebook post, you and your dad... Had a great trip. How was it?
2: Oh, it was really good. You know, hiked a lot of miles, about 35 in total, and caught a lot of fish, predominantly golden trout. And uh, we just had a heck of a time.
1: Now, this was the high country, and you're a relatively young man. Your dad looks to be about my age. How did you guys prepare for it?
2: We had originally planned on going in 2020, but he had had shoulder surgery that year, so he couldn't go. So I did a couple solo trips. And then we planned on going last year, but I ended up having some issues with my feet. So this year, the stars aligned, and we just made sure we had all the gear that we needed. Actually, we ended up with a little too much gear. I I did a lot of practice hikes, and he did as well, so we were both in pretty good shape. And then we just planned a route and did our best to uh, get to where we wanted to go.
1: Now, you said maybe too much gear. Yeah, those... Packs look pretty heavy. What did you take that you think you probably didn't need?
2: Well, it's really easy to start overpacking. One of the things they talk about with backpacking is people end up packing their fears. And if you try to bring something that, you know, will be the answer for every possible scenario that you could get into, a pretty finger pack away about 100 pounds. We both had, you know, way too many clothes that we had packed. I had a full outfit and a pair of socks I didn't end up wearing. He took everything out of his pack after the trip and I think he said he had 12 pounds of stuff that he could have left behind. You know, and we both put a pretty good effort into trying to be as ultralight as possible prior to the trip, but it's just really easy to overpack for something like that.
1: It certainly is, and you usually find out in the first half a mile that, you know, you you overdid it. I I haven't backpacked in many years, but I can remember my first uh, canoe trip with a friend and we lashed all our gear to the inside of the canoe at the first portage. We hoisted the canoe up, and, of course, all the gear swung down, and it was hanging from the the, uh, thwarts and the gunnels, and I still have a twitch in my back, and that was more than 60 years ago that I did that trip. Um, So why did you pick that area?
2: Well, uh, you know, the Wind River Range, uh, a lot of people say it's one of the most beautiful areas in the Rocky Mountains. And it's, it's completely wild. You can't drive a car through the Wind River Range. It's about 100 miles long and 30 miles wide, and it's all wilderness area. And there are plenty of lakes and streams. And a lot of these high lakes were stocked with golden trout many years ago. And there's a few lakes that they still have timely stockings done, lakes that can support more fish than the natural reproduction allows. Just an amazing place. Plenty of opportunity for great views and great fishing and the ability to get away from it all.
1: And it's public land, right?
2: Yeah, entirely public.
1: Do you have to file an itinerary with anyone or uh, get a permit or anything?
2: No, at this time it's not necessary. There was a little sign and sheet at the trailhead, but I think that's completely voluntary. From what I've gathered on the Internet, there might be, in future years, some type of permit system installed if they, you know, if they feel that it's getting too overcrowded. I just think the extreme ruggedness of the area ends up keeping a lot of the riffraff out. But there is a few areas of the winds that do receive quite a bit of traffic. Uh, we probably ran into about 15 people total on our trip, you know, on various trails. But there's other places you could go, like sitcombe Basin or Cirque the Towers, that I think you'd expect to maybe see 20 tents, you know, at once if you had a set of binoculars. There's There's definitely areas that get a lot more of the traffic.
1: Uh-huh. But in the rugged backcountry, you were pretty much on your own then. Uh, you don't have to report in to anyone and if something happens, you're on your own to try to find your way out.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I did carry a satellite communicator with me. So if there was some kind of accident, I could push a button and the helicopter would come. But even with that, there's not a whole lot of places to land a helicopter in there it'd be pretty dicey if something bad happened
1: and that's a last resort call you don't want to pay for that copter when it comes to get you
2: (laughs) no no not at
1: all so you mentioned golden trout what did you catch
2: mostly golden trout i did catch a few brookies in the streams and, and one you know small cutthroat trout a lot of the lakes we went to the only thing in those lakes is golden trout and there's a you know, a lot of lakes that have, you know, cutthroat or cutthroat rainbow hybrids or golden cutthroat hybrids. But the lakes we went to were just, you know, purely golden trout. We did visit another lake that did have a more of a mixture of fish. It was too windy that day, you know, really didn't get a cast off. So uh, we just didn't catch any fish in that lake that, you know, this time. But I was there in that lake a few years ago, and I did catch a few cutthroats and golden.
1: How are those streams uh, and lakes? Are they... In good condition or are they in danger of um, some kind of environmental disaster or, or what?
2: I mean everything's completely pristine. The thing about a lot of those western streams is brook trout are not a native species there, so right. A lot of the streams are overrun with small brook trout. I love seeing them in streams where they're supposed to be and not as much in streams where they are not a native species. We didn't cook any fish, but I wouldn't have minded having a meal of brook trout at some point on the trip. It would have been a pretty easy meal to assemble, at least with gathering the fish.
1: Yeah. Hey, do you have any advice for somebody who might want to go?
2: I originally got my inspiration to, you know, explore the Rocky Mountain backcountry from Rich Ostop's book, Fly Fishing the Rocky Mountain Backcountry. So I think getting that book would be a good place to start. And then, you know, the internet has, you know, a lot of information on pretty much anything you could ever dream of, so... You know, a a couple hours on Google, and a guy could probably figure out anything he ever needs to know about a lot of things. Then it's just a matter of making the decision to go and planning a route, you know, getting the, you know, necessary gear together.
1: Now, did you essentially retrace the route that you did yourself a couple years ago?
2: Yeah, pretty much. We were actually going to go to the western part of the range, but the part we were going to go to still had quite a bit of snow for early July, and I didn't want to be walking around in slush and mud for five days, so... I had to think of something quick for a new plan. I knew that the lakes I visited in 2020 were good lakes, so I thought it would be a good place to go, you know, in a pinch. And actually, you know, we enjoyed it so much, we'll probably revisit the same area next year. It's just a great area. But there's so much of that range to explore. I plan on going back in August, doing a solo trip, and I'll probably explore an area of the range that I've never been to before.
5: And
1: carry a little less gear, maybe.
2: Well, I may have in you know, sleep under a tarp or, a, you know, a tent without screens. You know, there's just so many ways you can cut weight, and I think I'll only bring one fishing rod. You know, on previous trips I've taken, you know, a lot of camera gear, but this last trip I was able to get by, you know, taking all my pictures with my phone, like just another piece of equipment you can leave behind. There's something about, you know, you can remove a couple of pounds from your pack that makes it, you know, exponentially easier to carry the pack. So I'm really looking forward to trying to have a pack that weighs less than 35 pounds at the start of the trip.
1: Great idea, yeah. And if you eat a few trout, then you don't have to take as much food.
2: Yeah, you know, the only thing that scares me about eating trout is if you're going to cook trout, you know, the scent from that trout can be, a, you know, bear attractive. So you really got to be, you know, you don't want to cook the trout where you're going to be sleeping that night. So there's just certain things you can do to, uh, you know, minimize, you know, any kind of bear interaction. And the prospect of running into a bear doesn't scare me, but at the same time, I will uh, do whatever I can to uh, minimize, you know, any kind of bear interaction that could happen.
1: Did you carry bear spray?
2: I, I had bear spray on me at all times, although we did not see any bears. We did, you know, see some bear scat. And that's about as much of a bear as we saw. But, you know, they're, they're definitely around. And the southern part of the range, you know, mostly black bears. But once you get into the northern reaches of the range, there is a chance of running into a grizzly. I think that most of the time when somebody sees a bear, it would be a really cool experience. But, you know, there's always the possibility to have a negative experience, and I just try to avoid that.
1: Absolutely. Well, Eddie, thanks so much for giving us kind of a word picture of your five-day trip to the Wind River Range. And folks who might want to see what you did and where you went, you posted some really fine photos. And we'll send them to your Facebook page as well. All right, sounds good. His Facebook page is Eddie Rivard, E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-R-D. That's his name, Eddie Rivard. And, Eddie, good luck on your next trip. I hope you enjoy your next venture to the Wind River Range or wherever you go between now and then. All right. Thank you very much, Dan. You bet. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this.
6: Get outside
4: and let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin.
5: Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip.
6: Castle Rock and Petonwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Neceda National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock petenwellcom or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petonwell Lakes Association. If your
1: rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms makes and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The
6: Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. and Members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts, and online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show catch any of our past shows subscribe to our podcast or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here just type in the keyword radio see what you've been missing log on to lake-link.com today that's lake-link.com
0: welcome back to outdoors radio with dan small
6: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend. On the web at cedarlakesales.com. they got great deals on new and used boats. Summer's not over. Check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock and Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. Castlerock-petenwell.com. And by Huntworth Gear. High-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com.
1: And if you missed our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, or if it's not airing in your area now, you can always watch past episodes online at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin shows are also online and available on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look for Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV.
6: You can take this radio show with you anywhere you want to go. You can download past episodes as well and listen to. Oh, up to about a year's worth of programming. Go to lake-link.com, go to their outdoor radio page, download the show from there, and uh, listen to us at your leisure. You can follow Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff.
1: And one calendar item, actually two this week. Our friends at Ballard's Black Island Resort, remember, they're offering a two-for-one summer deal. That's up on Lake of the Woods. I was up there twice. We caught walleyes, smallmouths, northerns, perch, crappies, and even a few muskies. Could be the trip of a lifetime for a couple, uh, either husband-wife, girlfriend-boyfriend, father-son, father-daughter, or two buddies. Take advantage of this two-for-one opportunity. It's not going to last. For details, visit blackisland.com and tell them you heard it on Outdoors Radio. And as I mentioned earlier, the Wisconsin chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Uh, annual rendezvous is next Saturday, July 30th at Horicon Marsh Bowman. Starts at 10 a.m., runs till 5. I hope to see you there. I'll be speaking there at 2 o'clock. Details at backcountryhunters.org Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com I'm Dan Small, here with Jeff Kelm. Uh, No tournament this weekend, right? No tournament, no. Just just home. (laughs) Well, enjoy your weekend off and Folks, get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.
0: The moose's nose
2: and the heron is fishing
5: on one cold leg. When the loon cries lover in the blue north wind,
0: I'll be true. my wrist gets a little chilly
2: on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure.
0: When the worms go dry, in the coffee can, honey, I'll be trolling.